When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hey, this is Rev Beach from Winger and Whitesnake. And you're listening to the Hook Rocks, the ultimate rock community podcast with Jay Scott. The place to be for great rock and roll discussions and new rock music. Everybody, it is Jay Scott. This is the Hook Rocks, the Ultimate Rock Community Podcast. Hope you're doing well. Hope you're staying safe, staying healthy. I say the same thing after or during the intro of every episode, but I uh, I hope all my listeners are staying healthy and uh, trying to find an escape. And we are here for you to do that. We're talking music. We're interviewing great bands, great new bands, legacy artists, and today we have the return of a South of Eden member. Well, not really a return of a member, but second time I've had a member from that band on the show. And we had Ehab on about uh, two months ago, and now we have the lead guitar player, Justin Young. What's going on, Justin? How you doing? I'm good, Jay. How are you doing, man? I'm doing awesome. Thank you very much for doing this. I'm really excited. I had the pleasure of interviewing Ehab Amran a couple months ago. You guys are one of my favorite new bands ever since the days of Black Coffee. I barely know her, which was just an awesome oh, well, tune. Thank you. And uh, I've been following you guys you know, along here on your journey, um, seeing you guys go do the showcase at the Viper Room, and I think the, it was the, uh, I want to say the Whiskey, and then... Yeah, that's correct. Yep, and now you you know you got the the record deal. You have told me about the whole story with that, and you know the the EP is now out, which is just awesome. And then you've got the Audio Slave cover tune. Lots to get into with you, but once again, thank you very much much for being on the show. Oh, thank you so much, man, for having me on. I'm glad that uh, I'm glad to to you know be the second member of the band to come on your show. I heard great things from Ehab, and I'm. 
I'm really excited about the fact that he was already able to talk to you, so you got all the general questions out of the way. Now we can dive more into deep. <laughs> yeah, there we go. Absolutely. I, I like I told Ehab, what was so exciting for me with this EP was my son is 15 and he loves you guys. He, him and his friends, like out, you know, here outside of Chicago, are totally into South of Eden, and. They were like waiting for the record, the EP to drop. And they were all on social media. I think they were all on like Snapchat, just waiting for it. And they all like had their video as like they were listening together with, you know, with each other. Obviously they couldn't because of the, because of the pandemic, but they got to experience that. And it reminded me of a time when I was younger, when I used to stand outside the record store waiting for the new release to come out that I was going to get that night and it was just really exciting to see that the younger generation really connecting with you guys. Yeah, I mean that's awesome, man. I mean that's great to hear. I'm so you know excited that that uh, you know your son and his friends are are picking up you know what we're putting down, and you know we're seeing that kind of you know that's that's been um, kind of what's been happening you know uh, not only around the country but but around the globe. We get people shouting us out from. Spain and Italy and Australia and all these places and it's just it's such a humbling experience for us to go through you know because it's you know for everybody it's been a been kind of a crazy year you know and and being able to you know give a little teaser for our album out there with with the EP with these four songs on the talk um you know it's, it's been great for us to kind of give something back to the fans while also you know our existing fans from the black coffee days you know but also giving a little, you know, teaser for the new South of Eden fans um, and just kind of getting them aware, you know, getting them aware of, of what's happening, you know, here. And that's really exciting to hear that the young crowd, um, like I said, you know, that we, that we've been seeing the, the same thing happening around us. So that's it's really exciting because it's like one of my, one of my things is that I want to get to a point where kids, you know, are more inspired to pick up a guitar or a set of drumsticks to sit behind a piano, you know, you know uh, rather than picking up a Xbox controller, <laughs> you know, so um, that's something that, that you know we we aspire to, to kind of head towards. Well, he plays guitar. Uh, my 15 year old son plays guitar. He's practicing, geez, like you know, three to five hours a day, uh, whenever he can get it. And I do know from what he's told me, he's, I think he's connected with you guys on Instagram, and he's always asking for someone to teach him how to play Dancing with Fire. <laughs> So if there's that kid what, on what your, is your son's name? Uh well I'll tell you when we're done. Um but uh okay. yeah. So so but, but he's always like he's I think he's always like trying to connect with you guys because he's always playing. He's like, you know, how do you play dancing with fire? So well once we once we hang up we'll we'll definitely uh we'll we'll talk about that. But um Yeah, we'll take care of that for sure. Yes. <laughs> But what's really cool, too, is when I got the CD for Black Coffee, and it was just a phenomenal, the Take One record. It was a phenomenal record. I remember going to see Blackberry Smoke and this other band called Ida May, which is this two-piece band out of uh, UK by way of Nashville. And we, my buddy picked me up. We were going to go see him, and I brought a CD. I brought the Take One CD in the car, and I'm like, dude, you got to check this out. This is so awesome. So I put it in the CD player and like, we're just kind of listening, right? We're just taking it in and he's not saying anything. And he's like, these guys are new. And I go, yeah. He goes, this is awesome. <laughs> he goes, this is great. He goes, he's like, he's like, he's like, 
young younger kids are like you know like because you you know because we're in our 40s so everybody's you know kids do less so we're like he's like kids are playing music like this he's like how do they learn how to play this stuff i'm like well obviously they did man and they're and they're freaking phenomenal so um but yeah it, it's been great to to experience the new released ep you know i know it's just a teaser of what's to come which is really exciting but uh yeah i i am so excited about you guys and going into 2021 which is right around the corner hopefully things get back to normal and hopefully we get more south of eden oh absolutely and that's kind of the thing that we're we're looking forward to the most you know what i mean we're, we're looking forward to like you said hopefully turning the corner and getting into next year and you know getting back to a sense of you know normal so to speak and you know, we had a lot of things that we were excited on a lot of festivals that um, were like kind of just getting on the cusp of being announced um, for 2020, right when, you know, the COVID situation happened. Um, and, you know, we're really thankful that we've gotten, you know, to, to get the call back for those festivals next year. We're just kind of hoping, like everybody else, that these things happen. And, you know, as soon as, as soon as, you know, the world kind of opens back up or at least, you know, there's there's somewhat of a, a plan formulated for artists to go and and tour where it makes sense, and they're not, you know, you know, losing their behind left and right, you know, uh, which is kind of the the hard thing to get around right now because you know a lot of places are are doing you know bringing back live music, but they're doing it at half capacity, and you know it's kind of cool. You know, for example, we're playing a couple shows um, in our hometown, Columbus, this weekend. Um, two sold out nights on Friday and Saturday at a place called Twenty Club, and you know we're super excited to get to play in front of our fans. And you know those are going to be totally socially distanced, um, safe concerts for for the fans to come to. Um, but you know there's going to be it is going to be half capacity, and that's just kind of the way that that's just kind of the way that it's rolling right now. You know we're kind of living with the hand that we've been dealt, so to speak, just like everybody else. And we kind of you know as I mentioned a little bit you know earlier on that. You know, we really just, it came down to, like, we, we wanted to release this 10-song art piece of an album that we, we kind of look at it as an art piece, kind of like, you know, the bands that we look up to, you know, did it when they were releasing vinyls in, in 50s and 70s and early 80s. You know, it's, we really want to create that experience for the listener so, so it's cool for, you know, kids to put an album on again and listen to every song. Um, but we, it got to a point where it was like, hey, you know, we could be waiting forever to release this thing. And on the flip side of that coin was, we don't know what the market's going to do. You know, are people going to want to consume music right now when everything is, you know, everything's so, the whole world's so polarized right now with so many different things. So it was just, it was really cool and, and a really, you know, humbling experience to see that when we did put the talk EP out and when we did come to that decision that that was the route that we were going to go, um, you know, the response has been so, so positive and really uplifting for us all because, you know, like I said, with everybody, I mean, it's been a hard year for us to, to kind of coordinate through and, you know, mentally, you know, hard and just like it is on everybody else. So it was a really rewarding, rewarding thing to see. Yeah, we're, we got lots to get to. We're gonna all going to get into it. I, I can't forget, though, what we always ask first-time guests every time they appear on the show. I did the same thing with, with Ehab when he was on, and that is the essence of the podcast, which is the hook. Just like every rock song has a hook that sucks you in, every rock fan has a moment 
whether it's a song, an album, a band, or performance that hooked them on rock and roll. What hooked you, Justin? That's a great question. <laughs> uh, I think that the, the first was probably when I was about 12 to 13. Um, I, I don't I don't really know how exactly it happened, but my, my dad was really into, to, you know, doing the surround sound system thing at home. That was like a big thing when I was you know, growing up as a kid. Like, oh, look at the, we can do surround sound in the living right now. So he would go and um, just stockpile up on all of these live DVD concerts. And I remember, you know, coming home from school one day and there's this loud, hard hitting in your face music was playing from the you know, the living room and I came inside and it was A C D C live at Donington in ninety one. And when I saw Angus walk up on stage, you know, right before he hits the opening as the thunderstruck and he just puts his arm up to the crowd and you know tens of thousands of people in the audience all going crazy and then watching guys with all the energy, you know, running all across the stage and, you know, being the showman that he is and then also playing, you know, this awesome, you know, music that I had never heard of, you know, that was that was the thing that really it was kind of the band that threw me in to rock and roll. And then when I discovered the uh, Van Halen fifty one fifty live without a net DVD I saw Eddie play. That was, I mean, that was it for me. I was crushed. I was, you know, ACDC was the band that got me hooked on rock. Van Halen was the band that got me hooked on guitar. So without those two bands, I would, I would not be talking to you right now. Trust me. <laughs> well, that's great. I mean, those are great iconic bands. You know, I still remember being, gosh, eight years old, seven years old, I think, in 1982, and I was home from school that day. I don't know if I faked being sick or what was the the circumstance and I knew my brother had the Van Halen vinyl in his room and my mom was cleaning the house and I snuck the vinyl out of his room put it on the turntable with the headphones and I remember hearing eruption as a seven-year-old kid and it was just magic it was like I, I remember just like grabbing the headphones with my hands and like what is he doing how is he playing this like what's he What's he doing? Like, I couldn't understand it. And, and, you know, that was the era of, you know, Star Wars and all these things. And, and, it, and it sounded like a spaceship. It didn't sound like a guitar. And I remember how that just resonated with me. And it just, you know, my first connection with music was Journey Escape, you know, back in when I was like six. And that was, you know, my first connection. But when I heard Van Halen, it was just like, wow, like the world just opened up for me. It was incredible. Yeah, I mean they're they're one of those iconic bands, man. And, and you, you be careful mentioning Van Halen and Star Wars in the same sentence because I would we will be talking for hours because <laughs> those, those are the two that I geek out about guitars, I geek out about like old vintage cars, and I geek out about Star Wars, man. Those are my three things. So. <laughs> well, you know, the Mandalorian is what October thirtieth. Yeah. I am. I'm Jones and the Mandalorian trust. That, a, that that show really, the first season really took me by surprise. I don't know if I was, I don't know if it was necess- if it was because I just had really low expectations, um, or I, I think it was a combination of that, but then it just being really good, and it was like, wow, these guys really seem to get that kind of 
the vibe of Star Wars, you know what I mean? So, yeah, so yeah. yeah I'm really excited to see that. Yeah, me too. I, I, I was very pleasantly surprised. It was very kind of a throwback of like a Western type of style, the way it was filmed, and and uh, I'm looking forward to for season two. As Absolutely, we, likewise. Yeah, so as we, in, as you grew, as you're growing as an artist, you know, I mean, ACDC is the first band that, that connected you with rock. You know, Van Halen influenced you with guitar. What was, what was the moment when you wanted to be on stage? Oh, gosh. Um, that's another great question. I mean, I, I kind of knew, um, I mean, if you ask my mom, she'll tell you that I wanted to be sure I was going to be on stage from the time I was four years old. But just, just with, with being, you know, being the kid that runs around any time, I would, I would just, I would just kind of had all this pent up energy as a kid. You know, whenever we'd have people over at the house, I'd be doing, you know, I'd reenacting Chris Farley skits on Saturday Night Live, or you know, I was just always doing something. So I think that when I found because the first instrument I should I should throw this out there, but I learned how to play was actually the drum. So, and the reason being was that my my uncle um, was a drummer. So I would go, you know, to, you know, family gatherings and stuff over to his house, and you know, you walk in and you hear Subdivision. He was a huge, just huge rush freak, and walk in and hear them, you know, playing along Subdivision or you know, Dreamline or Limelight or whatever it be that day. You know, and uh, being able to, you know, hit, you know, the, the instrument, the drum set really hard, it's really loud, get your emotions out of it, you know, and get all that energy out. That's kind of when, when I started playing the drums when I knew that I needed to, I needed to do something with music because it was a way for me. I was never really good with, with my words, still working on it. And, you know, for me, when I was a kid, it just didn't accomplish those two things. It let me get all of this energy out that I was just I was just so wired and needed to desperately get out of my system. And then also it allowed me, it gave me a voice. And that's something, you know, when, you know, after a couple of years of playing the drums, right around the time I discovered, you know, Eddie. I mean, that's when I, you know, I was like, okay, I need to get a guitar now. I really, really need, you know, this is something that I have to, start pursuing and, and you know I was doing kind of little things growing up you know you have your middle school talent shows and your variety shows in high school and things like that um, but I never really had a band you know I was always doing the um, solo thing you know I'd go up and I'd take you know one year I took like my I don't know probably like three minutes worth of my favorite Van Halen solos and <laughs> just put them all in you know just kind of messed them up in the water and I just went out there and I just played it you know, so it was just, and that's kind of one of the things that I would tell, you know, musicians who are just starting out, you know, don't wait around for, you know, other people to come start a band or, you, or, you know, go to those blues jams, go to the rock jams, go and, you know, if you're, if you're really young and you're going through middle school, high school still, um, you know, go out and who cares if you don't have a band, man, because we had bands, you know, and, when I was in school and I was kind of the odd man out, um, and I was like, well, I'm not going to let, you know, the fact of not having a band stop me from performing in front of people. Um, so, you know, I just kind of went for it. And after, shortly after I graduated high school, I was kind of stuck in the same one though, like, I was in a band with Tommy, our drummer, 
but we could kind of tell just with where the other members' personal lives were at that it was just it wasn't going to be a real longevity um, to that. And, you know, after that, I started kind of having to make a decision, and that's when I found Berkeley College of Music. Um, and I started kind of pursuing that, you know, went to, went to school there for um, five semesters. Um, and that was, you know, the best part of that experience was it allowed me the opportunity for the first time in my life to focus on nothing but music. And, you know, I went, I went and did that. It was great. I was thrown into the ensembles that I would have A, never, you know, thought of throwing myself into before whether it's a Brazilian jazz ensemble or it's a, um, it's, you know, just a classic American jazz ensemble for that matter. Um, a chicken picking, you know, Chet Atkins, Jerry Reed, but, which is still my, by far my favorite class. But I think at that school, because that is just, Jerry Reed is like, was, was an unbelievable star player out of this world. Um, and so when I, when I went to Berkeley, it, it opened, it opened my ears up to so many different sounds and you know you probably aren't going to pick up you know the Jerry Reed on South you know on a, on a South Eden record but you know you might hear a little bit of something in there in my solos because now I've heard these sounds and I kind of put them in the tool belt you know so to speak so when I when I go to express myself in those solos sometimes I hear that really cool jazz C5 Lundwick and it gets to come out there you know sometimes I hear this really cool um, you know little chicken picking kind of just little three or four seconds here not too much but <laughs> yeah that's interesting because I, I had a really good conversation with Tyler Bryant yesterday and you know he, he couldn't wait to be done with high school because he was so frustrated because he knew what he wanted to do and he knew like school was just taking up time for him in order for him to do yeah. what he did. And he actually, you know, left high school at 17 to move to Nashville. And, you know, he promised his parents that he would, you know, still get his diploma and everything, but he went and, and he was playing these, you know, small gigs and everything, but he just felt so happy to be doing nothing but music. Yeah, and I mean, I, I, I can, that's something that I can completely relate to, you know, because, you know, I was okay in school. I wasn't, I, you know, I was not a, a straight A student by any stretch of the imagination. Um, you know, I did okay in like the history classes, English class, but, you know, math and science, I mean, that kicked my, that kicked my booty, you know, my whole life pretty much. And I'm just like, I mean, just, I mean, I can relate to them and, and Tyler, I mean, their band is so amazing. Um, I mean, and his story is really cool. And, you know, it's, it's, it's you know, I, I, I feel a very similar, um, you know, similar way about that. Um, you know, feeling like you're stuck in a situation, putting all your time, effort, and energy towards something that it's like, okay, well, I get to get this piece of paper. I get to go, you know, walk for, you know, 30 seconds and wave to mom and dad and take all the pictures and stuff. But, what am I actually getting out of it? It's keeping me from the star. So, I, I mean, I can totally get it to that. One of the things that I noticed about South of Eden, I picked up on this right away, especially with the Dancing with Fire video and then some of the other videos that I had seen on YouTube prior to that, is 
about just the fun you guys are having. You know, you mentioned ACDC, you mentioned Van Halen, Ehab mentioned Guns N' Roses and some other bands too as well. But you guys totally have that vibe about bringing the fun back into rock music. Sometimes it's gotten a little too serious. And, you know, when you think of those bands from yesteryear, like your ACDCs and your Van Halens and your Guns N' Roses, it was about the, the, the lifestyle. It was about the party. And not that your songs... Are, are about that, but the vibe you guys generate, especially in that video, like I said, with Dancing with Fire, is just like, wow. I mean, it's just, the one th- way I describe you guys is just power. It's just got a full sonic sound that just, you know, puts you on your ass. Well, thank you. I mean, that means a lot. I mean, it's definitely, you know, it's it's not contrived, you know, in any way. It's, it's just something that kind of comes out natural to us. And we were, you know, we were just actually talking about this the other day. Um, I can't remember what the topic was, but we were basically, I, you know, I was telling you about, I was like, you know, we can't, we're not the fake it until you make it type of guy. You know what I mean? Like we just, we wear our hearts on our sleeves and we're so just open and honest in, in who we are that, um, it's kind of impossible for us to do anything not authentic, you know, for better, for better or for worse. And that's something that we've always kind of tried to, you know, hold firm and hold close to the chest is the fact that, you know, the artists and, you know, bands that seem to have the longest, you know, the most longevity in their careers are the ones who, you know, A, develop their own sound and, and, and have a uniqueness to them. And I think at the end of the day, like, you, I mean, you hit the nail on the head, I think music, you know, especially in the rock genre sometimes, if it became a little bit too serious, um, it became a little bit, like, too cool for school, you know what I mean? Like, when I see a lot of bands, like, going up and, and they just look like they're, like, kind of angry on stage, you know what I mean? Or they look like they're not really having fun. And I just look at it and it's like, wow, this music is awesome, but, like, you know, it's like you're having a <laughs> you know what I mean? And I'm like, I'm like jonesing to get up there when you get me on stage, but you can't wipe the smile off my face because I've been looking forward to doing, you know, doing that all day long. You know, in this case, you know, we stand, you know, looking forward to it. So, um, you know, I mean, even looking back at those bands, you know, like you mentioned, Van Halen, ACDC, Guns and Roses, you know, we're definitely, we are not in their, um, <laughs> we are not in their, uh, in their league when it comes to partying, for sure. <laughs> now, that's, I think that that's probably more of a sign of the times than anything else. You know, I think that, since then, I mean, we, you know, we've, we've been around that stuff long enough to, you know, you know, not to put you know, junk in our bodies. And we like to have fun, you know. We're not, you know, we're not a, a bunch of um, Jehovah's Witnesses. I guess not that there's anything wrong with that, but, um, you know, we're, we're definitely not partying on the level of those guys. Um, and, you know, in that video, like you said, with Dancing with Fire, man, I mean, that's just, that's just who we are at the end of the day. And, you know, we really don't know, we, we, we wouldn't know what to do otherwise. And we certainly, I don't think, would be successful at it. You know, my journey in rock was, you know, started at a very, you know, young age in the 80s. And, you know, when I talk about Van Halen or ACDC, Guns N' Roses, I mean, I grew up in that era of of, of excess, right? You know, I mean, 80s, even though I was a young kid, I mean, you know, we can include Motley Crue in this conversation and all those bands from the Sunset Strip where it was, everything was excessive. And, you know, a lot of them, you know, paid the price, you know, um, with their lifestyle. And, you know, one of the things that, you know, 
after watching the movie The Dirt with Motley Crue, it was like, man, how, how are these guys still alive? You know, it's like, it's just amazing. But even outside of the excess, and, and there was a fun sense to the music, right? There was a, hey, you know what? I'm just going to click on MTV and I'm going to just chill out and watch these videos or watch these concerts that, you know, are on television or go to these concerts. And everyone's just having a great, good time. And, you know, when, when, you know, to bring this up again, you know, when I watch that video and then you have the, the EP that comes out, it just feels like that vibe that like it's grabbing you, it's moving you and you can put on this music at a party and no one's going to leave the room. Everyone's going to be like, who is this? You know, what, what band is this? And, and that's what you want, right? You want people to kind of connect in that and, 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 you know, connect with your music and associate it with having a good time. You know, and I think that's what South of Eden brings to the table. I mean, thank you so much for saying that. I mean, I, I couldn't have said it better myself. You know, I mean, we look at, you know, the bands that we look up to and aspire to be like, you know, they they come off to us as, you know, the, the type of guys that you would just want to shoot, shoot the breeze with, mm-hmm. you know, and, and hang out with them. And then that's at the end of the day, you know, we're, just a couple of guys playing rock and roll, man. You know, there's not a whole lot of rocket stuff to it, but you know, we're genuinely. I mean, we're best friends. And when we're not playing, we're not rehearsing. We're hanging out together, you know, and that, and joking around. And that's something that I, I hope never goes away because, you know, that's that's you know really it's a, it's a start of all this. But what we you know all do this for it's like we love the music, we love the camaraderie, we love being able to create something with other people, you know what I mean? Being able to create, you know, create music um, with individuals who have their own, you know, my, you know, their own, their own mind of where a song is going to go, you know, and then all of a sudden the drummer sits behind the shit and throws out this crazy drum beat that you would have never expected to throw in there and you go, hey, that's kind of cool. You know, that's, that's kind of, that's kind of what we aspire to be like, you know, and, and um, I, I think that, I think that once, once we can get back out there and, and, you know, get on the road, I think you're going to see what you've noticed in the songs on the album, on the EP, I should say, and with our, our music videos, you're going to see that, you know, amplified content on stage because that's when, I mean, we record, you know, the music so we can go and perform it, you know? That's kind of, that's kind of the way that we, we look at it. We write songs and go and record them, you know, so that we can go and play them for people and, you know, in this, in this day and age, man, like I said, about the world being so polarizing, people have so many, you know, so much stuff on their minds. You know what I mean? When you come to a show or you, or you, you know, get to the end of your work day and you get to sit down and relax and, you know, crack a beer open or have a smoke, whatever you do, you know, when you get to listen to our music, we want you to be there and experience that and just be able to turn, shut everything off and just, just get into the music because, It is an exciting time for rock music. I mean, when you think about rock music and what's happening with the new bands right now, there's so many great new rock bands out there. And I think that 2020 was going to be that year where things were going to start to punch through and rock music was going to connect with the younger people. And we had to put that on pause, unfortunately. But I think we're building kind of a recipe for for what's going to happen after this when people start to be able to go out because rock and roll always relies on that angst. And there's nothing 
better to build angst when people are locked in their house and they're only able to do certain things. They can't go see live shows. And I think when all this music comes out in 2021, I think rock and roll is going to explode again. What do you think? Oh, I think it's going to explode. I think it's going to be, you know, the biggest party on the town, man. I mean, <laughs> I think that once, you know, like you said, there's there's clearly a hunger for rock and roll, um, not only in the States, but globally. I mean, we see it everywhere. We see, um, you know, another band, I mean, ACDC starting to kind of leak their stuff out just today. And I guarantee they're going to go hit the road for probably two or three years when they, you know, when, when, when it's opened up and, um, at the end of the day, you know, people are, like you said, people are creeped up and getting a little bit anxious and getting a little so crazy being at home. And, and I, I anticipate the exact same thing that you do when, when this opens back up. When you think about what's needed in rock, you know, the connection to young people, we talked about, you know, the experience of watching my son with, with the music that you guys put out. And we mentioned them briefly here, Motley Crue. When you look at the movie The Dirt and you look at how the demographic changed of who was buying their merchandise, who was buying their music, it went from, you know, an over 30 crowd, over 35 crowd to under 35, almost overnight after that movie came out. And I talked to my my son and his friends. They've all seen the movie. It's like the Fast Times at Ridgemont High of their generation that means a lot. Exactly. That well, that means a lot because that means rock music is now in the wheelhouse of a young teenager, right? I mean, they're now connecting to it, which is what's needed. Because let's face it, hip hop and pop music have been dominant over the last decade or so, and rock music has kind of taken a back seat. And I think that's going to stop. I think obviously, I felt 2020 was going to be that year. We had to put it on pause. And, you know, when you when you think of the great new bands out there, you think of South of Eden, you think of other bands as well that are out and, and ready to shine and ready to make that connection. And I think it's really exciting with the music you guys are putting out and the potential to capture that young audience. Oh, absolutely. I mean, there's a, what a treasure trove of music to go back and listen to. You know what I mean? We're talking about, I mean, my gosh, you can, you can go back all the way to the Beatles, but, you know, 50 plus years of, music for, for the young generation to, you know, go and experience all that. Because they're going to be listening, that's, that, they're listening to that for the first time, you know, and there's a reason why, you know, people still listen to their old Love Zeppelin records and people are, you know, um, experiencing new bands, you know, to take it a step further. I mean, look at, this was, what was it, 2019, they just announced was the first year that um, vinyl sales were higher than CD sales since CDs were a thing. And I think that, you know, it's, it's, it's a whole vibe. It's a rock and roll of the vibe. It's a mentality. It's a way of life. And, you know, it's, it's, it's really awesome to see, you know, the young generation being so inspired by it because, you know, like I said, I mean, there's there's just so much music out there that I mean you could you could spend too much time going through all all of the all the great old bands and and you know it's it's an exciting it's an exciting time for sure you know like you said I think I was we were all anticipating the same thing with 2020 but I I don't you know I think that this is just a pause like you said it's not a it's not a detour it's not a it's it's literally I think it's literally just a pause because once once this gets going again, you know, that rock and roll train, it's only going to pick up more and more steam. 
and you're going to hear, you're going to find more and more bands that are coming out of the woodwork and, um, because, hey, there's, there's clearly a hunger for it. And that's evident, too, with your EP. You know, you mentioned how the release of that music exceeded your expectation in terms of the response. And that's awesome. I mean, that, I mean for, for a band to do that, a new band, without touring, right? Because that's the whole idea of releasing new music is you go out and you support it. You bring it to the, to the fans. You build an audience. And to have that response that you guys are having without touring, with having very limited, you know, live shows prior to the release as South of Eden, it's, it's remarkable. And I think that's, that's a gauge of about what's, you know, uh, for what's going to happen in the future. Yeah, and I, I, you know, like I said, we're just humbled by it, and I, you know, I certainly hope that that you're correct. And, and you know, um, it it has been it has been awesome to see that you know even with this pause, um, you know, all the stuff that's happened to us. I mean, if you would have told me when I was fourteen that you know one day Rolling Stone magazine is going to premiere you know one of your your music videos for a single that comes out, I would have told you you're nuts. You know, and then and then a week later, Spin Magazine's going to share, you know, a cover, you know, an audio slave cover, um, you know, of a little live thing that we did in the studio. You know, so to see to see it all come to fruition has been awesome. It's been it's it, 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 it's so crazy because it's such a it's such a catch twenty two. It's such a bittersweet kind of a thing because it's like, man, this is so freaking cool. This is so awesome. Oh my God! I want to play a show so bad, you know. And it's it's just one of those things where we're we're all you know kind of the whole community, the whole music community is in it together. You know, right now there's not really one person. You know, we're all being affected by it from you know the the you know people who are you know mega mega stars. You know, you talk about your Taylor Swift and Katy Perry's and you know Metallica and all you know all these bands. You know, all the way down to the bands that are playing in the clubs. And, you know, trying to get signed and trying to claw their way, um, you know, to, to get, you know, having some of the opportunities that we've had, um, you know, we're all being affected by it in, in the same way. And so to see, to see that response, you know, it's just it's been incredible and it's been really inspiring for us. What was behind the decision to record the Audio Slave cover? You know, that, that was just something that kind of, um, just happen. It's funny how many how many things just just kind of happen. You know, happen with us. Like, um, you know, when you take the our our song to talk. You know, that was a song that was written and recorded in I mean, we wrote the lyrics for that song back in like May of June of 2019, and the first the opening lyrics are in these trying times. You know, yeah. I mean, obviously that that has we had no idea. You know. How, how true that would be, you know, when the song became released. Um, and then it's the same thing really with, with, um, show me how to live with the audio play song. It was just kind of like, you know, probably a song that didn't really need to be revisited. You know, let's just go ahead and say that because, you know, audio play is such a great, phenomenal band that we, we look up to. And our, our, you know, our influences go all the, you know, all the way up to now, you know, it's, you know, it's an awesome, you know, runs a huge influence on us and, um, you know, Rage Against the Machine was a huge influence on us, you know, um, sound art and audio. So it was just kind of a song that we, we had learned. It was kind of 
kind of just always just a fun, you know, cover to put, you know, on our repertoire to throw out, you know, for shows. And we, we were in the studio, um, in Sonic, Sonic Lounge Studios in Columbus a couple of months ago, um, kind of when we realized, you know, hey, you know, we gotta, we got to kind of refigure our game plan here. And we were um, hanging out in the studio recording some acoustic tracks, recording a couple of covers for, you know, just to kind of, just to kind of have, you know what I mean? And, and, and have kind of in our, in our tool belt so that, you know, when things like this happen, you know, and we're not able to go and perform, we can, you know, do this and, and throw it out to the audience. So it was just something where, you know, John Payne, our photographer, was there documenting and capturing, you know, us recording in the studio like he always does. And, you know, about a week before we went into it, we were like, hey, why don't we just, you know, play a couple songs and, you know, do it and do it live, do, you know, no more than two or three takes, because that's what we all, you know, we always do. We always kind of, for whatever reason, we always end up settling on the second take. The second take seems to be like the, the, um, the catching the lightning, you know, the lightning in a bottle sort of a thing. It's not really perfect, but it, there's just something about it that's like, okay, we can't touch this now. So, you know, we, we, we did that, you know, we did that just kind of on a whim, and we're happy that, you know, again, like the response has been, overwhelming for us or overwhelming to us what's next for you guys i mean you know is there more music coming as we kind of wait for things to open up or is it you know you guys just going to sit tight and see what happens in the 2021 well we're definitely not just going to sit tight i will say that um it's just constantly evolving you know i will say um you know do, do you know go ahead and do the plug the plug um, you know, South of Eden Band is, is our handle on all of our social media platforms. And, um, you know, that's where you can keep up to date on all the stuff that we're, we're um, doing. You know, we're, we're shooting to release the, the full album by the end of this year. Um, you know, being a realist, it might be the beginning of next year. Um, but, but I, you know, I we're not letting this thing, we're not holding on to this thing for any longer. It's just kind of like, hey, you know, at a certain point, just like we said with, you know, the talk you see, like, you gotta go, hey, you can't control what's going on, let's just put this out there and, and you know, let's go. So we, we have some things that we're gonna be dropping on, on our, on Facebook and on social media platforms here and there between now and when the full album gets released. Um, you know, so the fans can enjoy that. You know, like I said, we're doing, uh, a couple of sold out shows in my hometown this weekend and, um, we might be, you know, content filming that for a future release. So we're, kind of, we're just kind of content, um, so, you know, we're just, we're just stockpiling all the content right now so that we can, um, you know, release it out to the folks, you know, while, while we're waiting to, to get the rest of our music or uh, the rest of this album released. And, you know, on top of that, we're, we're constantly writing, you know, kind of like when we started this band really going back to Black Coffee, you know, it was just kind of this, this, fountain of music that has been falling out of us and we really we just can't stop writing so I mean, we just had this conversation the other day it's like you know we're, we're kind of moving on to, to you know writing the next album you know right now and figuring out you know what are our songs that we know for sure we want to focus on this and I tell you there's, there's, a, new, there's a new song that's written you know damn near every day you know where we go wow this is nice this is the next uh, song that we have, you know, and we always have to keep in mind that like, you know, still have some these songs, you know, that are coming out on the album. We're so excited to get out of the live, but we've been listening to them, you know, for over a year now. That's hard for, you know, 
stories with us because we weren't put it out so much and we liked so um, we liked so much that we're, we're kind of jonesing almost to go and record and see and record again but it's like hey no we gotta go and take, you know, take care of business with, with this album when it comes out and, and so you know we're always we're always writing and, and you'll be you'll be seeing a lot of content from us um, between now and, and the beginning of next year you know, out of something bad, something good always happens. And I guess that is the silver lining of this pandemic is even though it's not what everybody wants, especially bands and musicians, it's given them the opportunity to create more because let's face it. I mean, the more you guys are out on the road, the more your audience is going to build, the more the name South of Eden is going to get out there. And the more money you guys are going to make, you know, that's where, that's where bands make their money. And if you are recording and writing music and you've got all these songs in your arsenal, it makes it so much easier for you guys to maintain capturing an audience and not letting people forget about you. If you have all this material ready to go. And yeah, and that's the thing. And, and, and with, you know, kind of the social media age that we live in right now, you know, I mean, I've, I've known since I was, you know, you know, in grade school that, you know, I probably have, probably have ADD or ADHD or a combination of the two, but now with social media, you know, it seems like people, you know, are, are the human attention span is just kind of shortening a little bit. And so to constantly write, it's easy for, for people to maybe not necessarily just forget about you, but it's, it's, it's easy to get lost in the shuffle. And, um, you know, that's been something that we've had to had to kind of adjust to and learn on the fly this year. But, you know, I think that, that, you know, at the end of the day, you know, you know, it's, it's only going to be a matter of time, not only for us, but for all the artists out there that are, that are dying to get back on the road. Justin, it's been a great conversation. Thank you very much for doing this. Again, huge fan of the band. You know, glad to have you on. I know my my son's going to be excited to listen to this episode. But uh, yeah, I, I have I have uh, nothing but high hopes for you guys, and I think you guys are just going to be out kicking ass once everything opens up again. Well, thank you, man. I appreciate it. Thank you for having me on so much. And I hope that when it does open back up, we got to get you out to the show for sure. So. So absolutely. We'll, uh, we'll link up sooner rather than later in person. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Thanks again to Justin Young from the band South of Eden. This is Jay Scott. This is the Hook Rocks, the Ultimate Rock Community Podcast. Stay safe, stay healthy, and we will talk again soon. Thank you.
It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points. Fantasy Points.